Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine lights, jet flying, son of a gun. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. I need you to give me a huge favor. Take your name off your phone. My wife went through my phone. In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. It looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Rod Marsh is saying no, mate. But I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery. I'm sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he, when he got up after scoring that draw. Welcome to the Dummy M off-season. You're with B-Row and T-Dog. Now, once again, we're recording at my house because of all the COVID mask rules. We normally record at our workplace and we were just adamant we weren't going to actually record a show both wearing masks because we thought the sound quality would be terrible. You might be able to hear one of my cats in the background, my dog's down in the shed. So not the best audio quality that we strive for. However, we at least get the show done and that's what we want to do. But T-Dog, mate, we've been doing all this virtual learning this week and we've been sitting at home and doing PowerPoint presentation after PowerPoint presentation. How are you holding up? Yeah, struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one day in and I'm already, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's tough, man. We, we, we just don't learn that way, do yeah. we? We're face-to-face people learning over Zoom and Teams and all that. It just, it's hard to concentrate. Yeah. I just don't know how the kids are going to cope. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. I'm not going to deny today, I actually did it all on my phone. So I got up and I'm hanging out in the washing, I'm yeah, cooking something. Nice. I'm not going to lie, I did watch a bit of the Book of Boba Fett in between some of the, the you know, we had break time, maybe sometime during the actual presentations as well. So I tried to make the most of it. But I mean, we've only been doing it for a few days. Yeah. And so I really feel for all those people in Victoria yes, and in New yeah. South Wales who went through all those lockdowns and essentially had to work from home. It just would have been insane. You know the one thing I have learned, though? I must have a really unique forehead from here, from a nose up. Okay. Because the amount of people... I really struggle to... Uh, it takes me maybe a little time to work out who people are with masks. Yep. Yep. People straight away come up to me, hey, there you go. Oh, yeah. So clearly I've got a really ordinary head <laughs> or it's really unique because people can tell who I am. It could be the thinning hairline as well. Possibly. You know, I have to say your five-week-year-old son... You guys pretty much share the same hairline. Right? <laughs> That's that right. Yes, yes. Well, mate, today on the show, we have none other than Bob Warren making a bit of an appearance. And he's telling us he's getting all ready. He's getting ready for the NRL season that's coming up. So we're going to check in with him and see what he's got to say. Mate, super excited. You and I are both UFC fans. We've watched this guy's UFC career from start to finish. We've got UFC legend Kyle Noak and Queenslander. Uh, from New South Wales. Oh, Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll get into that when that happens. Yes. And our three nominees for the Dummy of the Week are, of course, Reese Walsh, getting done with his drugs, the English cricket team for all their lame excuses as to why we beat them. We beat you because we're better. And lastly, NFL player Dak Prescott. Now, I know you've been watching a bit of NFL. I don't, so I'll get you to fill me in on that one. However, who is our first nominee, buddy? It's Reese Walsh from the Warriors. Mm. Okie dokie, I've got some audio here from Channel 9 News. Warrior star Reese Walsh has been fined $400 and placed on a good behaviour bond after pleading guilty to cocaine possession and contravening a police move-on direction during a Gold Coast night out. Just really um, embarrassed and ashamed of what happened and I'm going to repay um, my family, friends, um, the club, the fans... Um, it all stuck by me. We worked really hard to um, bounce back from this and you know, make sure something like this never happens again. 
Walsh has already been handed a $5,000 fine and a two-match ban from the NRL. Mm, so a couple of things there. He contravened a move-on order from the police and a little bit of white substance that we don't know what it was, but I think we do in this case, don't we? Oh, he's admitted it. <laughs> like, and what I loved about this is he didn't deny it. Mm. Um, so this is a carryover from last year. Mm. Um, so September, I believe, last year. Mm-hmm. And um, it came out straight away, admitted that he did it. Mm. It was stupid. I think... The reason he's one of our nominees at the moment is because this is still carried... And he's actually come out and admitted he was stupid. Mm -hmm. But more has come out about it. So I was reading the fact that he, in June... So he got busted in September. Mm -hmm. So here we are three months before this, Mm -hmm. in June, publicly stated that he would never touch drugs because his mum had a habitual drug habit Mm -hmm. and he watched what she went through. Mm -hmm. And he said, I will never do that. It took three months. Yeah, wow. Mm. He jinxed himself, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a young man. He's 18 or 19. He's actually a father already. Uh-huh. So he's got a kid. So he's got already got responsibilities. Yeah. So I guess, mate, one question I've got for you is, obviously, Cameron Munster last year, now Reese Walsh. What is it about Queensland players and cocaine? Talk me through it. Let us all know why your state is so connected to cocaine. Tell us. Uh... Do you remember a guy called Andrew Johns? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's that uh, location to the Gold Coast. <laughs> you know, they seem to all set up in Brisbane, sunny coast, which is very close to the Gold Coast. Yeah. And I, I believe it's like the cocaine capital of Australia or something. So yeah. the party destination. And yeah, lo- lots of um, disposable income and uh, lots of free time. And yeah, so uh, obviously Reese Walsh did something stupid as is paying the price for it, which yep. carries over, so as the audio mentioned, he's going to miss the first two games of this season. Yep, yep. And so he'll do, he's done the crime, he'll do the time, mm. and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he actually um, learns from this, as he has publicly said. I, I found it really weird that he's got to serve it at the start of this season and not last year, because I, I, it was weird. I, was, I, I couldn't figure out what it was, like the Warriors and the Broncos. See, because the Eels played a lot longer into the season. <laughs> Why was that, mate? <laughs> Julia once again joins us with her take on the past week in sports. So take it away, J-Dub. Sports, 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 sports. Thanks for having me, fellas. Welcome back to the News Headlines Roundup with J-Dub on this beautiful January show. And the fifth test of the Ashes has been completed, which means my summer of cricket for the Ashes is over. It's my favourite time of the year. Now, unfortunately, I had to work on the last night of the test. I mean, it wasn't the last night. God forbid they make it to five days. But on the last night of the actual test being played, I came off stage and the pom was six for. Six for. I've got time to get home, watch two wickets fall, take it through to tomorrow, another two wickets fall. Not only did I not make it home, I didn't make it 15 kilometres down the road before the poms were all out. What a beautiful series ending that was. Congratulations, Australia. Moving to tennis, and this is more of a shout-out from stand-up comedy world than it is sport world, hearing Dylan Alcott interview Alex Zarev after he had won, asking him why he wasn't wearing his tank top anymore, and Zarev has said, ah, because, you know, my guns are too big and it intimidates the other players. Massive props to Dylan Alcott, who goes, good on you, man, you should definitely work that out, but I'll give you a tip, skip leg day, it's overrated. That guy is hilarious. Not only is he the most amazing wheelchair Olympian we've ever had, but he's also funny as hell. Well done, Dylan. Finishing out the news headlines roundup, we have the bad boys of Australian sport. The party-hard, drinking, drunken, 
I mean, it wasn't. It was the Australian cricket team and Joe Root were drinking on the roof of their hotel until 6am. They've just finished an entire summer of cricket. <laughs> what happens? Someone calls the cops because they're being too rowdy while they sit drinking their beers. The police turn up and in true Tasmanian style, there's no headlocks, there's no capsicum spray, there's just, alright boys, party's over, time to go to bed. <laughs> and that anticlimactic bad boy story was about as anticlimactic as the fifth test. Thanks for coming. Big shout out to the dickhead English coach who filmed it and uploaded it. What a tool you are. And that's it from me and the Dumb EM Podcast Roundup for the news headlines. I've been Jay Dubbin. You're amazing. Biro and T-Dog. They're like sex symbols for the visually impaired. Mate, we are incredibly excited today. We've spoken with a couple of former UFC fighters before. We've spoken with Anthony Parosh and Elvis Sinisic. But today, mate, we get to talk to the one and only Kyle Noak. Now, started out in Elite XC, made his way to the Ultimate Fighter, went into the UFC, fought in the UFC, and he's originally from Dubbo. So I've got to ask you, I know you're living in Queensland now, mate, but you still support New South Wales in the origin, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I have to. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining us today, Kyle. This conversation's <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> mate, and so what brought no, you to Queensland? Oh, man, would disown me if I didn't. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely, mate. Once you, you've got to stick. It's yeah, state yeah. of origin, so you've got to stick. Absolutely. Yeah. Mate, so what's brought you to Queensland? Um, oh, I was just getting in a bit of trouble when I was younger in Dubbo and uh, wanted to get away, so I just wanted to go the, up to Queensland, somewhere on the coastline, and uh, yeah, I was originally going to move to the Gold Coast, and then I was going to move up with one of my good mates, and mum told me, she said, hold on, if you just wait for me, I'll come up there with you, so yeah, she said, let's go to the Sunshine Coast, so off we went, and uh, never turned back, I loved it since I've been here. How long have you been on the sunny coast for? I moved here probably when I was 17, 18. Okay, so and quite a while. Stayed here, yeah, stayed here until I went to America for 10 years in 2009. I think I went to America. Back here since about 2016. So with the move then, who's your NRL team that you support? Mm. I was a North Sydney Bears supporter. Oh, wow. wow okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. And so when they folded, who did you, who yeah. did you switch to? Oh, I was gutted when they folded. I switched to didn't really, uh, Brisbane Broncos, probably. Yes. Oh. <laughs> There's my man. There's... <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say the Parramatta Eels, but moving on. Okay, so, Kyle, you get yourself, uh, you move up to the sunny coast, and this is when, obviously, you really start training heavily in mixed martial arts. And along the way, you end up doing some security work for Steve Irwin. I mean, it's probably one of the most notable things that I guess people ask you. So how did you come about meeting the Crocodile Hunter? I was, yeah, I'd already started my fight career. And um, my coach at the time, Dan Higgins, used to work for him as personal security at that time. And um, Steve was looking for a new bodyguard, I guess. You wouldn't call it a bodyguard, like personal security, more of a, someone to train with at the zoo. So uh, Dan asked me if I wanted the job, and I went in for an interview. And and you know, the first thing Steve said to me is like, "Right, you got the job. Now let's talk about fighting." And then the rest of the interview was me talking about fighting and <laughs> how he wants to train and what he wants to do. And that was basically it. Now, Kyle, please tell me, please tell me that someone was silly enough to want to fight Steve Irwin, and you had to step in. 
No, he, he was a big lad. He was like six foot two and, and weighed almost 100 kilos oh, wow. So he was, he was big enough to handle himself. But no, no one wanted to fight him. We, he actually, I tell this story all the time, he made me go to the movies once when, when it was just me and him working. And we went and watched a movie called The Pacifier with Vin Diesel in it. Yep, yep. Just so we could size up Vin Diesel because he wanted to have a fight and he, and he thought he wanted to fight a tough guy. So he thought Vin Diesel would be the one. But um, then he found out Vin Diesel wasn't real tall. No, that was Wesley Snipes. He didn't like Vin Diesel anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to fight Wesley Snipes, and he found out Wesley Snipes was only like five foot something, so he's disappointed again. There you go. I wouldn't take him on. I said I wouldn't take Steve Irwin on, mate. The guy wrestled crocodiles. Who's picking a fight with that? That's just crazy. Did he ever use oh, any? He of... was he was strong. For, like, if he got on top of you and all his strength, like holding things in close to him, yeah, was yeah, I can imagine. Ridiculously strong. Yeah. Did he ever actually incorporate any of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu you taught him into when he would be like manhandling Crocs? Um, uh, uh, some of the positions he would like. Um, we actually got Greg Jackson, who was, who was our coach in America. Greg, uh, Steve flew him over to Australia for a croc trip once, and, and he was even asking Greg, and Greg was coming up with new ways to hold the crocodiles and stuff wow. like that, just through body manipulation. So, yeah, yeah. that was a pretty cool experience. Kyle, speaking of Greg Jackson, uh, B Row and myself, we are huge UFC fans. Uh, have been watching probably mm-hmm. or since the early to mid noughties. Yep. Um, so we've we've seen your career through the UFC and Greg Jackson is a premier coach Mm. what is he like it like when you as a fighter get to meet him train with him do you get anxious overawed excited do you become a bit of a fangirl or is it just ah he's just another coach he'll you know teach me all I need to know no it wasn't he was just he's a good guy you know like as soon as you meet him he's he's down to earth Mm -hmm. He's not. He just. He can appeal to you on that level. So you sort of. He makes you feel comfortable straight away, and the way he teaches you, sort of. You're not sort of going back, scratching your head about thinking, "Oh, what did he just teach me?" Now, like everything, just the way he teaches, it just sort of clicks straight away. So, um, yeah, he's just a real down-to-earth guy. He's a big nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just one of the coolest guys ever. Yeah, nice. And so, uh, how does he compare then? Because obviously, when you were on the Ultimate Fighter, I believe you were under Chuck Liddell, the former UFC light heavyweight champion. So, what was Chuck's coaching style like compared to Greg Jackson because Greg seems very calm and very softly spoken but I can imagine Chuck like you see him in the crowd at fights and he, he gets really worked up like was was Chuck a bit more excitable he got a lot more excitable Chuck was awesome to work with um you know I'm, I'm glad he wasn't my coach but having that experience to train with him and work with him he, he's, he was unreal like I used to tell everyone like if I could tell you anything about Chuck, he's probably the most Australian American guy I've ever met. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah, nice. That's actually a huge compliment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, Kyle, being on Tough, for those people that don't know, the ultimate fighter is where they get a whole bunch of fighters in a house for about six weeks, I think. Two separate teams fight off, and then the winner essentially earns a UFC contract. Mm. So I suppose I've got a bit of a two prong question. How long was your stint on the ultimate fighter? And what was that experience like, having all that testosterone in the one house? Like, does everyone just want to fight each other? Or does it just turn into a bit of a lad fest and you all just joke around? Some guys get in there and they just have to prove themselves and, you know, they, they want to be the big dog in the house and they're always walking around trying to start shit. And then there's other guys that are just in there just to, you know, just to fight, basically. Like, for me, it was I was in there just to fight. I didn't really care about the drama inside the house. I kind of... Mm. Um, I hung around the guys a little bit that started a bit of the drama because you've got no TV. You wouldn't, they won't let you read a book. They won't let you oh. do nothing. So, you know, I'd sort of sit, sit back and watch the rest of the guys play out their little games just for a bit of entertainment. But, mm. um, 
yeah, every, everyone was different, you know. It, it was pretty cool in the house. And how long were you on that show for? I think it was it was about six or seven weeks, I think, the, the show that I was on myself. And then the one I coached actually went for longer because something happened with the film and they had to stand it by another three or four weeks. Yep. Now, on both of those, you, the original Tough that you were on and then when you were doing the Australian version, did they actually go through, and I'm, I'm just trying to remember because I know that there were some times when Australian fighters were on there and they put subtitles on the screen. Did that happen to you? Yeah, I've got subtitles all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mumble the best of times, so they should put, should, probably should put that on there for the Australian crowd as well. Did you ever play up to it? Did you ever like start saying things like Drongo or he's got a couple of ruse loose in the top paddock, yeah. like throwing in sort of like these really Aussie expressions just to confuse them? No, I wish I did, though. I just wasn't smart enough to do that. <laughs> now, we mentioned that Chuck Liddell was one of the coaches mm-hmm. on that season. The other was um, Tito Ortiz, and they famously just do not get on. Mm. How did you enjoy that experience? <laughs> uh, both, from my point of view, both guys were super cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Tito would come in and talk to us all. Um, I think, yeah, like... I can only judge him by how he treated me, and I wasn't on his team, but he still treated me with respect, and he's still cool to me. So, um, yep. you know, I, I found Tito to be a great guy mm. as far as his personality. But I guess you had Elvis on not long ago. He could probably tell you a bit more about Tito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he obviously <laughs> fought him. So, yeah. I can remember when I first spoke to Elvis about Tito, and one of our first questions was, is his head really that big? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's what are you up massive. to? Oh, it's massive, is it? Okay. And so what are you up to these days, Kyle? Trying to become a pro surfer as best I can. Um, not really. I'm trying. I try to surf every day. I'm not trying to become a pro. I just love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just just working up here on the sunny coast. I've uh, got my own business that I started, so um, yeah, it allows me a lot of free time. So yeah, I'm just raising the family and and hanging out on the sunny coast. And what is your business, Kyle? Uh, I'm in the disability sector, so got a couple of youths that we look after and and try to put them on the straight and narrow. Oh, that's awesome that's yeah. awesome yeah well mate we really appreciate your time today Carl and mate all the all the best becoming a pro surfer I think uh, Kelly Slater's not going to be allowed in the country because he hasn't had his vaccine so you could, might get his spot yeah, yeah. yeah there could be a couple of slots open for you there buddy no worries so thank you very much for your time mate no worries at all guys thank you all right, buddy, moving into our second nominee, who would that be? Uh, the English cricket team. Mm, they had to come up, didn't they? I mean, five games, four losses, one draw. So they did well to even get a draw, I reckon. I think another two overs, we would have won that match. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We batted a little bit long on day four. I remember saying to my wife and my friends at the time, 330 is enough, let's declare, and I think we batted for about 40 or 50 minutes too long. Mm. Easy to say in hindsight, mm. because we just needed one more wicket. It's funny... In the lead up to this tour, I've got some friends in the UK that I still keep in contact with. A bit of banter started. And one of my mates, Harms, he said, uh, this is not going to be good. He actually knew before they came out that he just like... This Didn't is everybody? <laughs> like, it's not going to be good. And um, it turned out that way. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah. It, it was a drubbing. And I don't know if Australia were amazing because I don't really think they were. I think mm. we were able to paper some gaps. Yeah. But England were awful. Yeah. They were awful. And what do we see now? What do we read now after them getting absolutely spanked? All of these excuses and reasons why, you know, the tour went poorly. The fat shaming, <laughs> the drinking, you know, the sta- the partying and all that kind of stuff. Why didn't they stop that after the first test or the second test, you know? But these tours were always, like throughout history, since the beginning of time, I swear to God, Viking raids 
we're just piss ups. We're just guys like, oh, we've got to go and we have to do this, honey. Yeah. But they really just went off with the boys just to get on it. And they've always been that. So the idea that suddenly excess drinking when you're away from home is impacting your performance. That's, I'm not going to go with that one. Talk me through the fat shaming though. There's a couple of cricketers that their fitness didn't keep up to standards. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so one of the ones that were referred to in the article was Ollie Robinson. So mm-hmm. Ollie Robinson really troubled the Australian batsman. He's a bowler. He really mm-hmm. troubled it. When he got that ball nibbling around, we didn't know how to play him. Mm-hmm. Now, in that fifth test, he played the first session and then was injured. Right. Now, they actually relate that to the fact that he was one of the like the last guys to show up, first guys to leave, didn't oh, put in a okay. lot of time, like, didn't yeah, right. put in the fitness, and, mm. and it started to show after the fifth test that his fitness really waned. So, and Bairstow, Johnny Bairstow was looking a bit, yeah, bit yeah, big yeah, up yeah. top, a bit tough. Now, he made a century. Mm. Like I'm pretty sure he was the only English batsman to make a century. Mm. So. We can fat shame him all he want. He still went out and did his job. Yep, yep. So, you know, body shapes, all types, doesn't matter. So, But, yeah, I think their fitness uh, was lacking and, and it really showed. If you're getting drubbed like they were, isn't it hard to actually... Yeah, come the fifth test, what's the point? Oh. You've already lost it. I mean, why would they be in the nets given that extra? Why would you not be, let's get another carton. Let's, <laughs> let's stay up a bit late. Why would you not do that? I'm not a professional athlete, mm-hmm. but I hate losing. I hate it. Mm-hmm. So I personally would probably go in with a bit of pride. Mm. Let, let's actually show these guys we can play cricket. Mm. And they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it just, it, it disappointing too. It's not the first time the English have lost 4-0 in Australia, mm. but it was the manner that they lost. It's the way that they lost. You know, they've only won six tests in 35 years in Australia. Wow. Now, granted, they only play once every four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they play five and six tests every four years here in yeah. Australia. That's that's an awful ratio. Yeah. I, look, in their defence this time round, the hotel isolation stuff does impact a player. Yes. I mean, I'll give you an Australian statistic. Okay, in the lockdown in 2020, alcohol-related deaths went up 8.3% in our country because people have been locked down we're just drinking more because there's nothing to do. So these players, they're away from their families, they're in hotel rooms, and the lads are next door. Of course you're going to hit it. Of course you're going to get on it. But I personally, I, I resent and refute the notion that being fat and drinking lots makes you bad at cricket. You know, like, let's just go through them. David Boone, Merv Hughes, <laughs> Ian Botham. I mean... Oh, legends. Yeah. Legends of the game, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know what? I like the fact that the day after... Some of the boys were still partying. Mm. Uh, so guys like um, Joe Root, Alex Carey, Travis Head were just, they were still in their whites. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, having a drink. So there's clearly no hard feelings there. Yeah. The fact that, yeah, we got smashed and we smashed you, but they, were, they still sat down and had a drink. And I think that's a universe. You've heard of the beer economy. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is just the lads just enjoying a beer. Yep, they step across that white line. All bets are off, but as soon as they're on the other side, hey, why can't they be friends? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got into a little bit of trouble, didn't they? They, they were did. partying and the police had to turn up and... Loud noise, apparently. And, that, yeah. and they would do that in any situation, okay, apparently. Wow. So they were just doing their job. But they were just told to move on, essentially yeah, shut okay. it down. So they weren't breaking any COVID rules. Yeah. They were just uh, too loud. How did the Barmy Army deal with the loss? Oh, good spirits. They're, yeah. they're great. Jeez, I love the Barmy oh, Army. Awesome. The songs, other oh, players love them. And I'm sure that they're probably still drinking. Let's face it, yeah, they're probably yeah, yeah. still drinking. Regardless, win, lose or draw, yeah. you know that they're going to have a good time. Yep. They're supportive of both sides yep. and they will drink copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. An Ashes tour would contribute, what, 20% to our GDP at the end, <laughs> That's <isn't it>? right. <laughs> 
Mate, so the new year's begun. 2021, I think a lot of people are glad it's in the rearview mirror, but has it been as great a start as... I mean, essentially, it just looks like it's going to be a continuation, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's funny, when it first happened in 2020, there was this belief that as soon as the clock ticked over midnight yeah. to 2021, all the problems were going to disappear. Yep, yep. And then it carried on. Yeah. And then Omicron came and it got mm-hmm. a bit worse. And then we're all thinking, sweet, 2022, here we go, new year. And it's worse again. Yeah. So yeah, it's, the, it's been a struggle and there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel just yet. Mm. And well-being is a huge issue of it. Yes. And obviously people need support during this time, which is why I think we're lucky this week because we've got an opportunity for the listeners where they can make a contribution to a particular group that's struggling out there. In 2021, one NRL club stood out for all the stupid stuff they did. And that club was the Melbourne Storm. Dumb Decision was followed by Dumb Decision, which is why Blurred Vision is here to lend a hand. For as little as $1 a day, well, $1 on one set of books and a second dollar on a separate ledger, you can now sponsor a Melbourne Storm player to help them not be so stupid. Okay, Munster, let's practice apologising to the public. Um, He's dug the well, and unfortunately we've shut in the well. Um... All right, Cheese, training is over and the media ask you what you're going to do that night. What do you say? How many piss-ups? Yeah, nah. Okay, Justin, everyone knows that the white powder was cocaine. What are you going to say it is? I don't know what it was. By George, he has it! For as little as $30 a month, plus the brown paper bag, your donations will go to intense question and answer sessions to help these guys not be so brain dead. Okay, Cheese, try this. Why don't you tell the public what you like to do at home? How many piss-ups? fuck! So go on, dig deep, and sponsor a Melbourne Storm player today. You know they need it. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Okie dokie, buddy, who was our third nominee for the Dummy of the Week this week? Uh, Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, Now, I've got a little bit of audio around this, because apparently, at the end of the game, a game which his team lost... They They were expected to win, by the way. Okay. Yes, they were the raging favourites. That might contextualise one of the reasons why fans were throwing things onto the pitch. But, yeah, he sort of had a bit of a unwelcome bit of an odd comment to yeah. make at the end that's sad uh i mean you're talking about a team you're talking about men that come out each and every day of their lives and uh give everything to the sport um give everything to this game of football um nobody wants to succeed more than we want to succeed i understand fans and 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 the word fan for fanatic i get that but um to know everything that we put into this day in and day out try our hardest um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting expecting to lose and um, for, for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter um, and, and be with us through thick and thin uh, th- that's tough I think they were aiming at the referees yeah, yeah. They, they were the referees. credit to them then oh credit credit to them <laughs> alright so obviously you can't encourage a crowd to throw things A to begin with but throw them at officials and technically that's what he's done. I, I, I think he was making a bit of a joke. I don't think he 100% was out there with the intention of we need to hurt these people. 
but obviously he's got into a little bit of hot water over it. I actually have spent the last couple of weeks, as you're aware, at home with the new bub. Mm-hmm. I've actually watched a lot of NFL. I've quite enjoyed oh, really? watching it. Really? I've and never I, gotten into it. Yeah. I watched this very game. Okay. Yes. And the funny thing is, uh, there's so many rules and regulations in the NFL, it blows my mind. Like, you just, it's impossible to know them all. But it's the type of game where if you're 10, 12, 15 behind with a minute to go, you can still win wow. because the clock stops essentially after every play. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, right. yes. So, but there's one of these strange rules where the referee must touch the ball before the play, the next play. Mm-hmm. Has to. It's a, it's a rule. I just want. So, in the second last play, they've run it, tackled, but the clock kept running because mm-hmm. the ball didn't go out of play. They've set up for the next play, but the referee hasn't touched the ball, so the clock didn't stop. They've run out of time. So, the fans... Now, as a fan, I have this discussion with my wife, and she doesn't like it. She's not a fan of booing. I think if you've paid a ticket, mm-hmm. you have every right to boo or cheer. Okay. Applaud... You know, whatever it is. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying you, you have the right to yell derogatory comments and mm. be racist and all that kind of thing, but I'm saying you have the right to boo, you have the right to cheer. Yep. You don't have the right to throw things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing things is not okay. And I don't... Uh, well, I have an issue with what Dak Prescott said because he's kind of... Yeah, yeah tongue-in-cheek, I get it. Yeah. But there'd be a lot of kids that look up to him and he has said... Oh, yeah, good on them for throwing things at the referee. And as we know, things could be taken out of context. I'm probably starting to sound like a bit of a granddad here. But I also don't like the press's response, that they laughed at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these referees are probably on 200 bucks a game. (laughs) I'd imagine a bit more. Yeah, yeah, they're probably a bit more. But this is a guy who's been on tens of millions a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know it's a bit lighthearted, but poor taste. Yeah, I mean, you have to respect your officials because when it goes right back to the grassroots, when parents are like yelling at kid referees, like teenage kids who volunteer to referee, and what happens then? Well, people stop volunteering. And so you don't get people starting out when they're a teenager and eventually honing their craft and becoming a professional referee. And so what's the difference between being on a field at the age of 16, being yelled at at a parent, and you know being 46 and on a field... Well, I mean, obviously, the paycheck's a lot. Yeah, that's right. Uh, That's one of the things. But I think in those circumstances, know that you have to show that respect. Otherwise, where does it lead? Well, you watch football. Watch soccer. Yeah. They blow a a penalty, Mm. and it's it's in league now too. Eight players all rush in. Yeah. Oh, what did you give that penalty for? What Rugby union. Have you ever watched a game of rugby union? Mm. The referee blows the whistle. Everyone accepts it and just moves on. Yep. They get sent off. They do this. They just go, okay, yeah. and move on. But they get that from their private school yeah, well, education, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's true too, yeah. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, then Buzzsprout is the platform for you. Podcasting is an exciting and fast-growing aspect of the media landscape, and anyone can do it. Just ask T-Dog and I. Buzzsprout is easy to use, and you can upload a new episode within minutes. The platform has tons of features to help make your podcast sound great as well, like video tutorials, helpful Q&A sections, and a quick customer question page where you can get one-on-one support. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, within minutes of finishing your recording. Following the link in our show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, and if you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. 
So check out Buzzsprout today in our show links. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. The Dummy M Podcast. Find us on Instagram and YouTube. On Facebook, the page to check out is the Drunk and Sober Chronicles. Make sure you get on there. Give us a like and a follow. We would very much appreciate that. And every week we ask the fans, give us your vote. Tell us who you think the dummy of the week is. And this week, five votes, T-Dog. I'm going to read them all out. And then, of course, you are the one who makes this decision. So let's just quickly revise here. We had Reese Walsh for his drug incidents. Uh, we had Dak Prescott from the Cowboys. And we had the English cricket team for their we were fat and drunk. That's why we didn't win excuses. So Mick asked, can you choose all three? I guess so. I guess so. We've never had a tied winner, have we? We haven't. Oh, no. That's interesting. Okay. Randall said Reese Walsh. Ricky said Reese Walsh. Or is it the game's soft stance on drugs? Oh. Scott said the Pommies. And John said Dak Prescott for running the ball instead of trying to pass it with 14 seconds left in the game and the season on the line, encouraging his fans to throw trash on the field at the referees and playing for a team almost as universally hated as the Manly Seals. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the full Monty. Oh, so brilliant. I didn't realise that. So it was, can I just ask... Who was what? that last response? John. John Gold, mate. That was excellent. Yeah. Uh, is it the Dallas Cowboys? Is that who it is the Dallas right, Cowboys, right, yes. Right. And yeah. they're really... They are quite hated, yes. Okay, because yeah. I, I, I mean, the only reference I really know is from 30 years ago when the Simpsons went home and got the Denver Broncos. Oh, the Denver team. Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 he was very disappointed. Yeah. But okay, all right, so let's hear it. What are you thinking? What's well, going on? I, I didn't know where to go this week. I, I sort of came in a bit open-ended. I, I thought all three stories had, had their merits. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm actually going to go with the fan votes on this, and I think Reese Walsh's name popped up a couple of times there, so I'm going to run with Reese Walsh. Queensland players and cocaine, mate. I'm telling you, there is a, a clear connection here. Can we use that as our excuse for not winning Origin? Ah, uh, well, doesn't it help you? Doesn't it help you like perform better? I mean, Maradona was doing it, wasn't he? And that John's guy. That John's guy. I'm not sure who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the NRL season fast approaching, we, of course, turn to the commentator extraordinaire, Bob Warren. He updates us about the NRL. He knows all the ins and outs, particularly around the under-8s in Juni. And we thought, well, why don't we touch base with him now and see what his thoughts are for the 2022 NRL season. Bob Warren, thank you for joining us on The Dummy End. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm just listening to It's the End of the World as We Know It from REM. That's how it feels at the moment, right? (laughs) Don't tell me you got COVID, Bob Warren. Mate, it couldn't stop me. Obviously, I've seen a few of me good mates go down like a tackle from Glenn Lazarus himself, but uh, I haven't uh, taken a hit, uh, and I don't think I'm going to either, because I've got the secret ingredient. Which is? Plenty of beer, gentlemen, plenty of beer, (laughs) and uh, that's been great for the off-season. Oh, okay. All right, so I think we're officially 49 days and counting until the... uh kick off to the NRL season. Any sneaky insights, any predictions you want to make before we get there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably about another 40,000 people with COVID between then and then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob Warren, I know you have to be impartial in your role, but everybody yep, has yep, a yep. team. And Bob Warren, mate, can we ask you, who do you actually support in the NRL? Oh, good question. Good question, big guy. Yeah, look, I'm just hanging out for Redcliffe, let's be honest. I mean, they're the most fitting team for a bloke like me. Uh, They like a drink, a smoke and a bit of a poke. 
Oh, I like it. But we don't call them Redcliffe, mate. You've got to call them the Dolphins. Yeah, well, that's for you, highfalutin city folk. (laughs) (laughs) And who's your prediction, buddy? Who's your prediction for 2022? I don't know. Probably Melbourne again, and they'll get it taken off shortly after. Mm. Oh. Yeah, okay. Controversial. Well, because they'll get it taken off them again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've seen history to prove that, Phils. I don't know if they've got the team to warrant being stripped. Uh, But anyway, we'll we'll see come to the end. Oh, look, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of bad behaviour to be had in there. Yeah, okay. I heard the fullback was sniffing some ivermectin. That's what I heard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, you are in the know, buddy. So, mate, will you be joining us on the Dummy M once the season kicks off? Mate, I'll be around. I'll be there. I'll certainly be uh, all feet on the ground for uh, State of Origin. It's going to be another big one. I think Queensland have got it in them. Oh, I like that. Mm, Good on you, Bob. I don't think so, Bob. But we'll see, mate. We've got that Penrith back line. We've, we've got a really strong spine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in saying that, I also think that, uh, B-Row, you've also got it in you as well. And probably not in a comfortable place. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your time, Bob Warren. Have a great one, fellas. Can't wait for the season. All right, back to the music. Alexa, play. (laughs) Even Alexa has died. (laughs) Yeah, about as useful as the attacking side of uh, Balmain. (laughs) Well, that wraps up episode 32. Now, I will say that I wasn't 100% sure Kyle was going to answer the phone when we called because I'd messaged him during the day. I mixed up daylight savings time and that's the first time in 32 eps, so I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah, you're doing well, mate. But I didn't hear back from him and I started to panic a little bit and I've actually also got the connection of Brian Ebersol, who was a UFC fighter who's in Australia now, who actually was an opponent of him and it sort of crossed my mind. Maybe I could, you know, get in touch with Brian and go, hey, your opponent dropped out. Yeah. You know, you want However, Kyle was awesome and he was on the spot mate, and he answered. cool dude. Yeah, yeah, Love yeah. chatting to him. Yeah, I, I, I got a bit excited during that, that interview. That was cool yeah yeah it's great when the people like that are just so down to earth yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah yeah now mate uh, of course we had a catch-up at your joint last week you reached out and said um hey my daughter audrey she really wants to see my wife kathy and uh you guys want to come over or do a barbie and we did a couple of beers and so um mate it was a good night i thank you very much for that it was it was actually really funny because i was here recording the show last week as you know and mm. halfway through the show i actually got a text from my wife that i didn't read it until i got home mm. and it said audrey's really upset she wanted to come out to brian and kathy's oh. so i thought oh well, why don't we ask you guys around so we're sitting there having dinner later on and we're like oh should we ask brian and kathy around on on saturday and because you love kathy don't you and you know my daughter audrey for a two and a half year old her vocabulary is just amazing unbelievable you would not believe how much she takes after her intelligent mother (laughs) (laughs) no no, you're right so her response deadpan of course two and a half year old they don't know she's like i love kathy not Brian, but I love Kathy. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> so we were like, oh, after I literally was in stitches. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this any justice, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh, why don't you like Brian? Oh, he's scary. I'm oh, scary. Yeah, apparently you're scary. Oh. And then when you were over and we caught up, what did she have you doing? Uh, I was raping you on the driveway or something. <laughs> she had been doing all these jobs. Oh. Brian, Brian's not scary. Brian's not scary. So, she, yeah, she's gone from... And even, like, she brought it up a couple of days ago. 
uh, you know, I'm going to go record the podcast. On yeah. the, oh, Brian's not scary. Uh, oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. I, I know she loves Kathy. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Man of ball. Mate, oh, we appreciate the yeah. invite. You yeah. know, it's always good someone else's uh, cooking and, yeah. the, and the ashes were on. So. Oh, mate, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just sort of went bang, 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 didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it was good. Don't forget, people, you can catch me on the Parramatta's podcast on all major podcasting platforms. And next week, I think you're away, aren't you? I am away. Uh, getting the opportunity for my wife, Kate's family, to meet Ted. Uh, he's six weeks old, going on seven weeks old now. Yep. They haven't had a chance to meet him, so except besides her parents. So yeah, okay. I'm away, but are we going to actually try recording the show yeah. Via distance. Yeah, I yeah. did it with Madigan, Jules, and yeah, yeah. Burn Unit, so it shouldn't be a problem. Oh, I'm sure I'll fail miserably. <laughs> no, 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 it'll be great. Yeah, so, no so I'll be down on the sunny coast uh, next week, and we'll, we'll give it a burl and see how we go. Fantastic. Awesome. You have yourself a great week. Have a safe trip, and everybody, thanks for listening. And next week, I believe we have comedian Al DeBene on the show. He's a huge NFL fan because um, the Super Bowl's coming up soon. Oh, yeah, great so, timing. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat with him. And we were meant to have Greeny and Rob Andrews on for the joke off this week. Rob Andrews fell a little bit ill, but uh, I'll just bump them for next week. So, yeah, the joke off will be back. Have a great week, everybody. The Dummy M. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.